Let's take a little time and talk now about the state that we are living in. Political, spiritual, maybe some life. While you are listening to Phyllis Favor. Jonathan Mason, and I want to welcome you back to the pastor's office this Sunday afternoon. Now, listen, I'm going to pull the curtain back on uh, how we're preparing this week's show uh, because we're doing something really special today. Uh, we are actually taping the show on Friday. We're taping the show on Friday, and we're taping the show on Friday. Because right now we are at the Philadelphia Convention Center, and can you hear the excitement in my voice? We are at the 2022 International Boule for Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated. Now, anybody that's listened to my show over the last two years knows that I am a proud member of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. And Phi Beta Sigma and Zeta Phi Beta are the only, let me say that again, the only constitutionally bound brother-sister organization in all of Greekdom. So I'm here supporting our sorors. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit more about what they're doing in a second. But uh, uh, last night, Thursday night, uh, we went to their opening ceremony uh, and had the opportunity to in- introduce their international president, Sora Valerie Hollingsworth-Baker. We had an awesome time at the opening ceremony. Over 8,000 people crowded the Philadelphia Convention Center. It was a beautiful sight to behold. But let me tell you what we're doing here today, because you can come out. Well, actually, you're going to hear this Sunday, so you can't come out. But hopefully you've listened to the ads that we've run on Philly's favor and you're participating. But the Zetas are doing a... COVID testing and COVID vaccination clinic. So folks are lined up from noon to five every day that they're here. So you can kind of hear the traffic. You can probably hear the people talking in the background. Uh, You can hear it all. But the Zetas have not just come to have a convention. They've come to give service to the Philadelphia community. So we're excited to be here with them throughout the rest of the week. And on Sunday, you'll be hearing little clippets from different events that we were at. But again, we're at the convention center, so it sounds a little different. You hear the background noise, but we're here for a good cause. COVID testing and COVID vaccination clinics. Yesterday, they hosted a blood drive as well. So Zeta's doing a great work. Listen, speaking of community, speaking of engagement, we want to bring our first guest into the pastor's office because she's doing something very special within the community to increase engagement and to increase knowledge, because I've always shared this with you, a knowledgeable 
constituent base is a constituent base that's going to vote properly on all the issues. So I want to talk to you a little bit today about some civic things that are going on within the city. This young lady is the state representative for the 185th Legislative District, and she is state representative Regina Young. State Representative Young, come on into the pastor's office and have a seat. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. That was a great, a great welcome, and I'm and I'm honored to be here to be able to share what I'm doing and why it's important for everybody to know that it's not all. It's not just about legislators. It's about all of us, and we need to learn how to empower our people better. And so that's why I have the things that I do have going on in my administration. So thank you. So you're executing next week civic community class conversation. Civic community class conversation. Tell us a little bit about what is going to take place on the 25th and the 26th. To be honest with you, I am thoroughly happy that this is our second round of civic community class conversation. We did something last fall, and I promised that we were going to do something this summer. And so here we are. And it's just really an opportunity to remind people as many times as we can that civic responsibility is everybody's problem. But I do also understand not everybody know how to engage and be empowered in and that. So I like to remind people the different ways government function. And we can say, you know, when people call our office that they're interested in something that city, and then sometimes people say, well, that doesn't relate to me. That's not my wheelhouse. But guess what? What I realized just from the community advocacy perspective and background, people don't care whose wheelhouse it is. They just want their problem solved. So I want to do my part in not only educating people about the different um, systems that they are impacted by, but also share with them how they can also be a part of the system. So that's that's the purpose. And the, and these these live presentations uh, are going to be taking place Monday, July the twenty fifth through Thursday, July the twenty eighth, from six p.m. to seven thirty each night. So so Representative Young, do me a favor. Uh, what topics are going to be broached during these sessions? Thank you so much for for asking me that. So, so on Monday night, we're going to be talking with our state government, Senator Kale Saval, and then Senator Anthony Williams, and uh, myself from the state house side, and then also Unity and a Community member, Anton Moore. And so that's for state government on Monday. On Tuesday, federal government. So that's Mary Gay Scanlon. And the the community organization that we partner with is Empowered CDC. Wednesday is city, well, municipality government, and that is Philadelphia on Wednesday. And that's Councilman Kenyatta Johnson and his team and Councilwoman Goltier and her team. And the community organization we're partnering with on that conversation is God or Gun by Mr. Tyree um, Lewis. And on Thursday, because I represent Philadelphia and Delaware County, Thursday is Delaware County Municipality. And the person who's going to speak more about the intricate um, pieces of how they how they lead and 
how they execute leadership is Councilman Richard Walmack and the mayor of Corwin, Mayor Clark, and also the community organization we're partnering with is Neighbor to Neighbor. So each night there will be a government representation for them to better understand and also have opportunities to ask questions, but also a community organization. And the reason why I really wanted the community organization to be a part of this conversation is because people need to know that everybody has to start somewhere and community engagement can help government lead, especially when you're working with other people to improve what we need to see in our communities. You know what? I can tell now that my show's been around for a while because just about everybody that's on your list to present has been a guest on this show over the last (laughs) two years. As a matter of fact, Anton Moore was just on a few weeks ago, and I really enjoyed my conversation with him. I was sad about the topic because he had to cancel his annual concert because he was concerned about the violence that was going on in the city. But this is an amazing lineup, and this is your second round. So talk to us about the success of your first round of presentations and where you're projecting the level of engagement will be for this second round. A great question. I will say I do approach this work in a very unique way in that I don't, I, I, although I would love to impact the masses, right? I would love to impact everyone, whoever is under the sound of my voice, right? However, I'm okay with transforming one person's household so that they can impact their neighbor, and that will in turn impact their community. I don't really know the impact or how much my um, services or programs are offering support unless someone tells me. And so my hope and goal is that more people do become engaged. I would say the first round, people really didn't know what to expect. And I think we impacted a few thousand folks based on the insight uh, measurements and the reports that we were getting through social media and then from our emails. However, because this is round two and people knew about round two coming and now it's here, I think we're going to be able to touch a little bit more people and spread our network. But to, and, and, and I will say this just as a, a moment of transparency. I am more excited about just sharing the information with whomever wants to have it. So you don't have to live in my district to have this information. These are city and municipality and state and government systems. So whoever lives in a Commonwealth will be impacted by the information. And so I'm most excited about being able to, um, you know, turn a light bulb in somebody's head to help them better understand. It's not as complicated as sometimes we make it out to be. You're listening to Philly's Favorite 100.7 FM, and we're talking to State Representative Regina Young about her civic community classes. And again, I want to share with those that have just tuned in, uh, we sound a little different today, but that's because we are outside of the Philadelphia Convention Center. The ladies of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated have taken over the city, 8,000 strong, and we're recording on Friday afternoon. They're doing a COVID testing and COVID vaccination clinic. And so we're here with them, supporting them, but we're also carrying out our duty and talking to State Representative Young about her great virtual civic community classes that are going to be taking place next Monday, the 25th, through Thursday, the 28th, 
each night from 6 to 7.30 p.m. Now, State Representative Young, one of the topics that really intrigued me, uh, and, and I'd like to unpack a little bit on, on during our conversation, is you're going to be giving some education around CDC. Why don't you talk to our listeners a little bit about the benefit of CDCs and how they can really, with the right focus, with the right vision, with the right plan, how they can really impact our communities in a positive way. So, to be honest, I started um, I, I started a CDC prior to well, two careers prior to this to this particular role, and so the impact really just started with me asking questions and trying to connect the dots. CDCs have a huge stake in all the communities. If you are involved, if people are not a part of the conversations or being creating the menu, I'd like to say, then you will have a, a certain small selected group of people making decisions on what can happen in your community. And so the reason why CDCs are important is because systems oftentimes listen to CDCs as it relates to how they transform their communities. And so when people see something that they didn't know was coming up in their community, especially if the CDC is an RCO, they're oftentimes confused or not understanding how that particular business or entity have come to be. So CDCs are important because it really shows you how you can shape your community in the way that you would like to see it and also be a voice at the table. I I, I will say, and I know you didn't ask me this question, but I'm, I'm going to just throw this out there. Working in Harrisburg, I work with the majority of the people who don't look like me or live in my communities. However, their um, understanding of our community is that they need to guide us on how we can live our lives. And I, I totally disagree. I think we have some amazing, bright, beautiful, um, educated people who live right here in the hood, and we need to remind them they have a responsibility to shape their reality and stop allowing other people who don't look like them or live like them tell them how they need to um, shape their communities. And so that's why I think CDCs are important, because we have the, um, the tools we need right here, right now, and everybody can participate. I, I, I like that answer. I, I, I really like I, I didn't ask you the question, but thank you for segueing there, because people do need to understand that unless they're engaged, there is a certain group out there that is making very important decisions for them. And a lot of times the decisions that are made are not in the best interest of the communities we're talking to. So, Representative Young, let's do this. Let's tell our listeners how they can get more information and how they can participate in your civic community class. Great question. (laughs) Well, so we will be streaming live. So we are always asking people to just join us on Facebook is the best way. And it's at Rep. Regina Young. Uh, that's the best way to, to reach out to me via Facebook. In terms of this particular series, they can participate even if they put information in the chat. We can see that real time. So Facebook, Rep. Regina Young is how they can see these classes each night on Monday, July 25th through the 28th from 6 to 7.30. So they can be in their car or they can be um, anywhere they want to be. It's all virtual. So I do try to alleviate the barriers of excuses. So however people can get access to the Internet, join the conversation is what I like to say. So Brett Regina Young on Facebook. All right, Philly's favorite listeners, I want to encourage you and remember, uh, Representative Young does represent the 185th Legislative District, but you heard her say it. 
This is for anybody uh, that wants more information, that wants to get knowledge, that wants to engage. So do yourself a favor uh, and let's participate in these virtual civic community classes. Monday, July 25th through Thursday, July 28th, 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Representative Young, thank you for coming in the pastor's office. We'll continue to pray for you as you continue to be a blessing to God's people. And if we can ever be a benefit to you, don't hesitate to reach out to us. I appreciate you. Blessings to you. Thank you. And we'll be right back after these commercial messages. Hey, Philly Saver listeners, welcome back to the pastor's office. I'm watching people here at the Philadelphia Convention Center come in and get tested, come in and get vaccinated. Again, we are celebrating with the ladies of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated, founded on the campus of Howard University, January the 16th, 1920. They're celebrating 102 years. Uh, when they celebrated their 100th year, unfortunately, COVID had something to say about it. Uh, so 8,000 of these finer women of Zeta Phi Beta have made their way to Philadelphia for their international boule, and they are celebrating their 100 and 102nd years of, of existence, of great service to our country and to the communities around the world. So you hear a lot of background noise. We're out here doing a good work, so I want you to, to just know we're out here working. They're doing blood drives. They're doing COVID vaccination. They're doing COVID testing from 12 to 5 each day of their boule. So we salute them for the work that they are doing. All right. Let's talk about a new movie that's coming out. I've had the chance to see the trailer. I've actually had the chance after watching the trailer to go out and do some research uh, on this gentleman. Uh, the movie is called I'm Charlie Walker. Uh, and many of you are like, well, who is Charlie Walker? Uh, Charlie Walker is, in his own right, a trailblazer. Charlie Walker, in his own right, is one whose shoulders we stand on today because he broke down barriers. He broke down barriers and he encountered and overcame vicious racism. We're going to learn a little bit about Charlie Walker today by talking to the young lady that played his wife in the movie. Her name is Sophia Fredericks, and she plays Ann Walker in the movie I'm Charlie Walker. So why don't you do me a favor? Let's welcome into the pastor's office. Miss Sophia Fredericks. Sister Fredericks, come on into the pastor's office. Have a seat. Amen, amen. Thank you so much for having me. Well, listen, we're glad to have you. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. So before we start talking about I'm Charlie Walker, why don't you tell us a little bit about Sophia Fredericks? Why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners? Absolutely. Hi, it's so wonderful to be here with you today, Pastor. So wonderful to meet your audience. My name is Sophia Fredericks. I'm an actor, a singer. I've been uh, doing my thing for a minute now, largely in in the theater space. I just finished a Color Purple musical in Atlanta at City Springs Theater playing Sugar Avery, which was a pleasure. Hail from a musical family. My uncle is Taj Mahal. Uh, my aunt was Carol Fredericks. And I'm just continuing the artistic tradition of my family, 
and I love telling stories, and I love especially telling stories about us uh, and the things that we've accomplished and the things that we've done in this to contribute to this world and to this country. Sophia, you played Suge Avery in The Color Purple, and I always like to laugh and talk to people about that critical scene in the play where, where she sings that song, God is trying to tell you something. Oh. <laughs> That's a wonderful part of it. Now, look, we're not going to put you on the spot. We're not going to ask you to sing it here uh, on the show. Yeah, but, no, but, no, we're not. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> But, it, but but we definitely celebrate your long career uh, and all the work that you've done in the theater space. And now you're taking on the role of Ann Walker uh, in the movie I'm Charlie Walker. Why don't you start out by telling us a little bit about who Charlie Walker is? Charlie Walker was a trucker in the 19, early 1970s. And... You know, we have to understand that, you know, there was a lot of things that were not integrated at that time. <laughs> a lot of spaces that you would think, why wouldn't we be working in, but they were not integrated. And in the San Francisco Bay Area, which is, you know, looked at as a liberal bastion, you know, people forget that it's, it's America. It's America like everywhere else was America, and it was just as racist as everywhere else. And so Charlie Walker was the first a uh, black trucker in that area, and he had to fight to get a truck. Um, and what the movie kind of talks about and what it goes on, I know this wasn't part of your question, but there was a large oil spill in the Bay Area, and they had a very hard time cleaning it up. And so they really needed all hands on deck. So the only reason why Charlie got a chance was because they needed him. They needed everybody to clean up this oil spill. And so that's kind of how he got his start. And, 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 and one of the things that, that I really, I guess, kind of parked on as I did my research is that uh, one of the main areas where he faced racism was from the company that hired him to do the work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they didn't want to hire him. They didn't want to hire him. Right. It's like so many things, you know, it's like, you know, it was out of necessity, Right. This oil spill was affecting everyone. It was affecting the entire bay, and they needed everybody. They needed as many people as possible to help. And he had been trying to work and trying to work for a very long time, and they were not letting him, giving him those plus jobs because it's one of those ways that, you know, people create barriers to entry, right? We'll let you go this far but not this far. And so it was because of this spill and because of the urgency of the matter that they needed him. But, of course, what did they do? They gave him the worst part. They gave him the most difficult part. They're like, oh, let's put him over there. He won't, he won't do too well. And, of course, what did he do? The same thing we always do. We go above and beyond. We exceed, you know, all expectations because we know we have to be twice as good to get half as much. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Now, we know beside every great man is a great woman. Uh, you play Ann Walker. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your character? Yeah, Ann Walker, like so many black women in our history, was the wife of Charlie Walker and you know, the supporter of him, the supporter of his vision, but also practical. You know, being a family not of means, you had to be practical. And so, you know, I think she provides a, a foundational space for him, for the film, because it is essentially about what he did, but without her support, 
and her love and, you know, complete and unwavering support, <laughs> he would not have been as successful as he was able to be. So tell us, when is the movie coming out and where can our listeners go see it? Absolutely. So the movie is out now. We premiered on June 10th in select theaters and streaming. You can stream it on Amazon, Amazon Prime. So I would go there. Uh, you can also see it on Apple, I believe. Yeah, most folks have Amazon. So I would go there and, and uh, stream the movie. All right. All right. Philly's favorite listeners, listen to me. We've got to support this movie. I'm Charlie Walker. It is a gripping tale. As a matter of fact, my boys and I have an appointment, Sophia, this weekend, tomorrow, to watch the film for during our lunchtime. So we're going oh, to watch okay. it. We're going to enjoy it. I've seen the trailers, and I know the full film has to be great. Uh, so Philly's favorite listeners, go to Amazon. Go there now and take a look at this great film, and let's support Sophia Fredericks, let's support the cast, and let's enjoy I'm Charlie Walker. Sophia Fredericks, thank you for coming in the pastor's office today, and if we can ever be of service to you in the future, don't hesitate to give us a holler. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure uh, and a great joy to be uh, with you today, and I think you will highly enjoy it, especially with your background and all that you do. So I really look forward to hearing what you, your thoughts, and I really thank you all for your support and for going out and supporting the film. Time and talk now about the state that we are living in. Mm. Political, spiritual, maybe some life. While you are listening to Phyllis Faber. Yeah.